Good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Stars. We continue this series called Resilient. So I want you to do me a favor. Go ahead and take your Bibles. Turn to Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. If you got your Bibles, your, your notes that you were given on the way in, and your little app, I'm going to let you get ahead a little bit. We're really glad you're here in Compass. For those of you up in True North, hopefully there's nobody on the patio if there is. I'm sorry, I do apologize, but hope you're, uh, and if you're online today, I hope you're enjoying yourself. So, you know, I don't ever get to do this segment, but I wanted to do it today. I wanted to say thank you. Thank you to each of you. Every week in our services, we do a giving segment, and we always tell the story of what your giving does, but I typically am not up at that part, but I wanted to this week because I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for how you give every week because your giving makes such a difference. Over 20% of what comes into North Star goes right back out. It's unbelievable, 20%. Um, Cole has a statement, I love how Cole says it. He says, you're not giving to North Star, you're giving through North Star. And that's never been more evident than in this season that we're in right now with the world so crazy and the financial instability. Would you just give the Lord a big thank you for how people have given? It's just been unbelievable. So I want to tell you a little story. A few weeks ago when we prayed for Ukraine, I know you are like me. You feel helpless watching the news, don't you? You just feel helpless. You're watching this unfold and you're like, what can we do? How can we be a part? How can, how can we encourage the people there that God hasn't forgotten them? I mean, they get up just like we get up. The difference is they're facing things they didn't dream they would ever have to face. And so we got in contact with some, with some people that know a lot more than we do. And we partnered with two organizations there in Ukraine. The Ukrainian Partnership Foundation, which plants churches and works with churches on the ground. And they partnered with a seminary. If you watch online, you'll see housing that a lot of the people have gone into. That's at the seminary. They cleared out all their classrooms and they're housing people in those rooms and the Missionary and Bible Society that works directly with churches on the ground to make sure they have food and they have resources. And because of your giving, we were able to send over $50,000 to those organizations in Ukraine to say, we hadn't forgotten you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We hadn't forgotten you. So every week when you give, you just, you just have no idea. If you've never given before, I'd love to have you be a part. You can go to northstarchurch.org slash give. You can give online. You can mail it in. You can do it in lots of ways. You can drop it in a, bat, in a, uh, in a little wall slot on the way out. But would y'all join me this morning as we pray for those people that are so affected this morning. Father, today is, even as we sat in a meeting this week and we were talking about it, you just feel like that's not enough. How do we, how do we show them we love them and we're praying for God's protection in this madness that's going on over there? And God, I pray that 
you will redeem and do good somehow. We don't see it. It doesn't seem possible, but God, somehow in this, you will be glorified. And so God, protect them, watch over them, and God, guard them. And God, thank you for a church that gets it for a church, and we know that we're not gonna be the smartest church or the brightest church or the church that does, but we will try to be. We will try to be the church that looks like the one you had in mind. And Father, that is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Acts chapter 15, would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? If you were in Compass, I know in True North, you may not have heard this, but there is a, there, there is a predicament that happens, right? There is a, uh, in the baseball world, we would call it a brouhaha. It's, it's, it's breaking out. Things are, things are getting ugly because there's a situation that comes up that really is a game changer. It is something that could affect not just people's attitudes, but truly their eternity. Acts chapter 15, let's start reading in verse number one. While Paul and Barnabas were at Antioch of Syria, remember that's sort of the home base they've gone back to, they've gone out, they, they've spread it, they started in Jerusalem, then it moved to Antioch, and then it started spreading all around. They're back, remember we found them back in Antioch last week. Some men from Judea arrived, and they began to teach the believers. So these guys show up, and they start teaching the believers there. And here's what they teach. Unless you are circumcised as required by the law of Moses, you cannot be, what's the next word? So they said, listen, Gentiles, I know all that you've learned, but there's an extra step that you've got to take. They are not saying that Jesus isn't who he said he was. That, so these guys are, they're sincere guys. The problem is they're sincerely wrong. They've made this way too complicated. Look at what they said. You can't be saved. Verse two, Paul and Barnabas disagreed with them and they were arguing vehemently. So Paul and Barnabas hear this teaching and they're going, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not right. That is not true. Finally, the church, they decided to send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem, sort of the, the actual place where it all came out of, and most of the guys who walked with Jesus were still there in Jerusalem, and they were accompanied by some local believers. This was a 300-mile journey, most likely by foot. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a long ways. I will pay $4 a gallon so I don't have to walk 300 miles, right? And you know what I'm talking about, all right? They were accompanied by some local believers to talk to the apostles and elders about this question. So they gotta get this, they gotta get this solved because now you've got a group of people going, it's salvation plus. It's no Jesus plus. Look at what happened. Verse three, the church sent the delegates to Jerusalem, they stopped along the way in Phoenicia and Samaria, both Gentile areas, to visit the believers, and they told them, much to everyone's joy, that the Gentiles, too, were being converted. They were thrilled. They loved what they were hearing. Verse 4, when they arrived in Jerusalem, 300 miles now, Barnabas and Paul were welcomed. It's like they rolled out a welcome mat to welcome them by the whole church, including the apostles and elders. They reported everything that God had done through them. The last point of last week's sermon was they never forgot 
who to thank, right? They knew it wasn't them. They knew they did not manufacture. It was God that was using them. Verse five, and this is the word when you hear this, you go, okay, things are about to change. And what's the word? Verse five, what's the first word? You know there's a transition. You know there's a problem. Man, Paul, Barnabas, other believers, we're so glad to have you. It's so good to be here. So glad you're here. But we got a problem. But then some of the believers who belonged to the sect of the Pharisees, they were called Judaizers, they stood up and insisted the Gentile converts must be circumcised and required to follow the law of Moses. So these guys are going, Paul, Barnabas, we're glad you're here, but you've gotten this whole thing wrong. And I know you've shared about all these people that have come to know Jesus. If they haven't been circumcised, then their salvation is nil. It doesn't work. So the apostles and elders met together to resolve the issue. At the meeting, after a long discussion, Peter stood and he addressed them. We haven't heard from Simon Peter in a while. Simon Peter's there and he's sort of the spokesman of the church. Brothers, you all know that God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so they could hear the good news and believe. God knows people's hearts and he confirmed that he accepts Gentiles by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. He made no distinction between us and them for he cleansed their hearts through faith. So why are you not challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear? We believe that we are all, what's the next word? We're all saved the same way. Listen, today is a message and a piece of scripture we've all got to wrestle with. Simon Peter said, we're all saved the same way, and I love the next phrase he uses, by the undeserved grace of the Lord Jesus. Undeserved grace. We are gonna spend some time this morning talking about undeserved grace. Before you're seated, turn around and tell somebody, I don't deserve it. All right, do that real quick. I don't deserve it. And listen, that is a big deal because to get up and be at a 9.30 service on Time Change Weekend, number one, very impressive. If like we had a card, you would get like extra points on your church card that you could use for take another Sunday off, but we don't have one. Sorry about that. All right. And so we, none of us deserve this. Simon Peter takes the whole story of the Bible and he boils it down in those two verses. Because really today's not about the fight. Today is what the fight was about. And you're like, I can't believe there was actually a fight in a church. Believe it. How many of y'all have been at a church that got in an argument before? Raise your hand. It, it can get interesting, right? It can get very interesting. This church, man, they are at peace. They are all doing what God called them to do. The, the problem was a group of them who used to be Pharisees said, 
Paul, Barnabas, you you got this thing wrong. There's got to be more. It can't be this easy, right? These Gentiles don't deserve without some extra work what we feel like we earned. So I want you to write a little word at the top, earned, right? These guys felt like salvation had to be earned, right? That's the crux of the argument. The crux of the argument was we've got to earn it. Now, we live in a world that we may not qualify in the Judaizer category, but, but there's, there are denominations and there are the ways that some of us grew up. We've always felt like we aren't enough. We can't earn it. So today, today is what this heart of this church is all about. I remember when we started this church, we, we started it for people who didn't go to church because there's tons of great churches around here. So let's just start a church for people that didn't go to church. The hard part of that was even people that have grown up in church sometimes miss what it's about. So today is like the baseline. It's what it's all about. Ready? Principle number one, you got your notes out, pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, something to write with, or you got your phone out, something to thumb in on. Let's, let's write down a couple points this morning. Number one, we all fall short. We all fall short. At the end of the day, you and I have one thing in common. We aren't good enough. Would you write that down under number one? We aren't good enough. That's what we all have in common. Listen, we could, we could break this room down today and divide on almost every topic from where we grew up to how we grew up to what we do for a living to is Freddie gonna resign? I mean, we could, we, could, we could break this room down on all kinds of topics today. But the one thing you and I all have in common, we aren't good enough. We aren't. And it doesn't matter how hard you try to be good enough, you and I aren't good enough. Look at the way Paul said it. So why are you now challenging God by burdening the Gentile believers with a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors were able to bear Paul hits it in Romans. He writes about it. No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. It tells us what we need. But verse 23, for everyone has, what's that next word? Help me out again. For everyone has what? And we all fall, what's the next word? Of God's glorious standard. Here we are unrighteous, and God demands righteous, right? All of us want to know that one day when this world ends, when this life is over, that we may get to go to heaven. That's, that's what we hope, right? This life is not guaranteed, and at some point, it will come to an end. I wanna know that I'm going to heaven. Here's the problem with that. The problem is we all are unrighteous, all of us. We all have a flaw. 
And the flaw is called sin. All right, I want you to write this down. A little basic stuff. Sin is missing the mark of perfection. That's what sin is. Sin is missing the mark of perfection. And we all have sinned. You and I, we may do different jobs by the week, by the day, but at the end of the day, we all have this in common. We all have sinned. We are unrighteous. God demands righteous. He demands it. Heaven isn't for imperfect. Heaven is for perfect. And the problem is you and I have no ability to reach perfection. It doesn't matter how many good deeds we do. It doesn't matter how nice we are. It does not matter how many things we've memorized and how many notebooks we've got on our shelves and all that stuff. We aren't enough and we will come up short. It, if in, in around North Shore every now and we'll, we'll do a sports illustration. It's like getting to the five-yard line. Well, getting to the five-yard line and getting in the end zone are two different things. You get no points for getting to the five-yard line. You get points for getting the end zone. In baseball, you don't get runs on the board by getting to third base. You only get a run by getting the runner where? Y'all are guessing. Home, right? That's the, that's the thing. Soccer, I have no idea. I know it has a goal. I know hockey, same thing. Anyways, so we all come up short. And there's nothing we can do. We have no ability to cover it. We are unrighteous. God demands righteous. And it, the best person in this room, and there's some amazing people in this room. Y'all are awesome people, okay, I think. But anyway, so you're great people. You're great people. But you're gonna come up short. So when Anna and I first got married, every vacation was a youth camp. That was how we did vacation. So I would get invited to a youth camp, because I wanted to honor the Lord, I would always ask them first where it was. If it was in the mountains, I couldn't do it. But if it was at the beach, we were available. All right, it's just sort of how, sort of how it worked. And so we did a youth camp in Panama City, the Redneck Riviera, right? And so we're in Panama City. But listen, it was our vacation. It was, we went away to be there for the week. That was the way we got to pay to go to the beach. The only way we could go to the beach when we first got married. Casey was a little guy. At the time, we stayed in Panama City, and I got contacted by a family out of New Hope, the, the church that I grew up in, and they said, if you're ever down in the Panama City destined area, let us know. We'd love for you to stay at our place. I'm like, that is, I think that's the Lord, all right? And so I think that's the Lord calling us. So I called them and said, hey, we're down there. Listen, listen, our place is available. That was the conversation. So we take a couple extra days off, like three extra days. It was gonna be three days. We take three extra days off. We pull up. Well, I don't know if you've been to most youth camp sites, right? It's pretty low level. We pull up at this condo place in Destin, and we looked at each other and thought we had died and gone to heaven. All right, we're looking at it like, this is unbelievable. And then Anne asked me a question that just was like a wet blanket. She said, are they giving this to us or are we having to pay for it? I'm like, well, dear God, I don't know. All right, I, She's like, somewhere in the conversation, you didn't ask that? I'm like, I, I mean, I, I think they're giving it to us. She's like, Mike. We had a $500 limit on our Discover card. 
and it lived at $4.95, all right? And so we'd pay our $5, we'd keep it active so I'd get whatever. So we had a $500 limit on our Discover card. You know, I've gotten a check from the camp. They didn't pay me, you know, it's sort of weird to go, hey, could you pay me in cash, right? That's sort of weird. They've been housing me all week. So we're sitting there and she's like, Mike, if this isn't free, we have no ability to pay for this, zero. I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? And she's like, well, I mean, we need to call and ask. I'm like, that's weird. All right? I'm not, how am I going to ask this question? So I call this family. I'm like, oh, we're here and we're so happy. And we're, I think we're on a payphone. Actually, I called from a payphone, if I remember right. We didn't have a cell phone. So I called from a payphone and thankfully they answered. And I said, we're so, we're just glad to be here. I, listen, I just want to confirm everything's good. Mike, everything's great. Um, I was wondering, I, I was just wondering, I, I just wanted to get clarity. Is, I mean, do I owe anything for this? And they're like, no, it's free. And I remember looking at Ann going, <laughs> I was on the phone, woo, we made it right. Because it didn't matter. I was short. There was no way we could have paid for it. So it wasn't like by could I attend, could I put towels out at your pool? I'll rake the beach, right? There was no way I was paying for that in three days. There was no way. There was no way, because I, I can imagine calling my mom and dad going, hey, could you afford us some money? We're on vacation. Uh-uh, go home, all right? And so that wouldn't have gone over well. It's, it was grace that paid for it. Number two, ready? Not only do we all fall short, we all require grace, See, to finish that, somebody had to come through because I had no ability to come through. We believe we're all saved the same way, Acts 15, 11, by the undeserved grace of God. Ephesians, God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for it. It's a gift. Salvation's not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. I heard Andy Stanley say one time, because of grace, God chose to clean up what we messed up. That's grace. He cleaned up what we've messed up, all right? Just to make sure we got a baseline. How many of y'all don't have to be told you've done wrong? <laughs> you've messed up plenty in life. Raise your hand, right? I agree. I, I have too. And God gives grace, and grace is undeserved favor. Here's the hardest part. The whole story of the gospel. And I want you to write this down, because I want it to sink, is God wanted to do it. He wanted to do it. It's not the parent going, all right, I'll get you out this time, but I'm not doing this again. It's not, it's not the picture. He wanted to do it. Why? Because it was the only way. For it's by God's grace, grace, undeserved favor. We just don't deserve it. 
Well, Mike, you follow the call of ministry. You deserve it more. I don't deserve it more. In fact, some of you probably deserve it more than I do. I don't deserve it more. My, my, my title does not give me anything special. A couple years ago, I, I got a call from a, a scout buddy of mine. He's like, hey, can you go cover Pro Day at KSU for me and just take notes? And he said, I don't want your thoughts. Sit next to this old scout and write down everything he says and just send it to me. So I show up. I don't know. I knew one guy there. I thought, right? I show up and I'm standing there. Everybody's getting the packets and I got my notes. I got my clipboard. I got my stopwatch. Like I knew what I was doing. I had my hat on. I had the whole thing going. And this, this guy, this guy who's coordinating the whole thing, this guy comes up to me. He's like, who are you? And I said, well, I'm here covering for so-and-so. I'm a local, and there's 30 Major League Scouts there. And I, I said, I, I'm a local pastor. I'm here covering for a buddy of mine. He's like, a pastor? Clean it up, boys. All right, clean it up. Pastor just rolled in, right? And so there's another guy that turns around. I played it with in college. It was crazy. See, you, you think, well, he doesn't deserve it. No, 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 no. None of us deserve it. But that's grace. God cleans up what we messed up. Point number three, we all must respond. See, here's the catch. The catch is, it's a decision we've all got to make. Whether you're 15 or 55, we all, and I want you to write this down, have to decide what to do with Jesus. We have to decide that. Not if we attend church, not what church we attend. We all have to figure out what we do with Jesus. And, and here's the catch. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody. There's nobody that can make that decision for you. We've, we've already established you can't be good enough to get there. So we know we come up short. We all have to respond. Acts 15, 7, Peter says, Brothers, you know God chose me from among you some time ago to preach to the Gentiles so they could hear the good news and believe. We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who you are. Can I tell you what heaven's gonna be like? It's gonna be a place none of us deserve to be. Mike, when I get to heaven, I got some things I'm gonna take up with the Lord. No, you won't. You won't have anything to take up with him because you're going to get there and you're immediately going to know I don't deserve to be here. The great pastor and writer Tim Keller said it this way, God's grace and forgiveness while free to the recipient are always costly to the giver. Grace is free, but grace had a cost, didn't it? This week I was reading Max Lucado's great book on, on grace and if you've never read Max Lucado, just, 
a phenomenal author. And he said in the Chinese language, the symbol for righteous is interesting. It is a picture of a lamb covering a person. That's the picture of righteous. Remember, we started with righteous, didn't we? And the picture of it is, is a lamb covering a person. How in the world, Mike, if we're unrighteous, can we be righteous? 2,000 years ago, a lamb chose to cover you. Your sin, your shortcomings, your not enoughness, your inability to finish. The creator cleaned up the mess. And when God sees you, I want you to get this. Everybody look at me. When God sees you, he doesn't see just you. He sees what his son did for you. That's it. That's the story of Jesus. We all weren't enough. He came and he died. And we're covered by his grace. So quit working. Quit trying. Quit waiting. And say yes. Somehow, I don't know how, he knew you'd be here today. And we all reach that line of what am I going to do with Jesus? For some of us, listen, we've gone to church for years, but we've never said yes to Jesus. And today is that day. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated this morning, if you say, Mike, you're talking about undeserved. Dude, if you knew my story, I don't deserve to be in this building. God knows your story and he knows everything about you. And he held a spot in heaven for you. That's what he thinks. Father, we don't gather as a church just to sing songs and give a good dose of encouragement and walk out the door. Yeah, I want that to happen. But God, we do what we do and we sing what we sing and we speak what we speak and we read what we read for one goal. And that goal is to see what Jesus Christ did for us. And there's some of you, you're sitting in your chair right now and you feel like your heart is gonna beat out of your chest. You're like, Mike, I know that you're talking to me. But the Holy Spirit is just working me over. Because he wants you to come home. 
I want you to get those last five yards. He wants you to get in from third. Not by what you did, but by accepting what he did for you. Can I lead you in a prayer? It really isn't magic words. It's just putting words to what your heart is trying to say. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you. I believe you live for me. And I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Father, my prayer for all those that have prayed that prayer this morning is now they'll do that next step of owning it and walking in that grace that you give us. It's in Jesus' name I pray.